0: The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Get ready, Turp fans, because it's time for the Maryland Matt Chat. Join us as we talk Terp Wrestling with head coach Kerry McCoy and staff. Now, onto the show with your host, three-time national wrestling writer and broadcaster of the year, Jason Bryant. Episode 10 of the Maryland Match Chat. The season is over. We are finished with wrestling, but uh, the world of wrestling never truly stops. Today on episode 10, we'll be talking with Kerry McCoy, head coach of the University of Maryland Wrestling Program. We'll get a little bit of a recap of the NCAA Championships and what this offseason will bring for Terp Wrestling. Obviously, there's incoming recruits. There's guys we're preparing for University Nationals and whatnot. And first off, Coach McCoy, uh, three wrestlers competed at the NCAA championships. We talked while we were in St. Louis. Uh, you know, Lou Mascola won two matches. Spencer Myers w- was in the blood round. Jeff Alexander runs into two seeded wrestlers in his two matches. Uh, you know, obviously the the performances weren't what you were hoping for. But you know, how would you rate the three Terps as they wrestled in St. Louis? Uh well, that's
1: you know that's a tough question because obviously um, you know we we had expectations and. In, in, you know, we believed we had a for all three of those guys to get on the All-American podium. So that's what what our expectations were and what we're looking to do is is to get All-Americans and, and have those guys, you know, do well the tournament. Um, with that being said, you know, I think our guys wrestled the best that they had wrestled all year, you know, um, which is really what you want the guys to do. You want them to peak at the end of the year and, you know, they wrestled better. I mean, the matches that we had, I mean, you look at Jeffrey Alexander, he lost two matches. To you know, guy who made it to the round of 12, and the guy that took third in the country. You know, he lost to 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 kid Shop two to one. You know, if you look at what Shop did the rest of the tournament, you know, it was major decisions and pins all the way through. You know, so um, you know, Jeffrey had the closest match, and then you know, we talked, we had a little associated deal. That it's unfortunate because you don't get any you don't get any points for almost you know beating guy or losing close. So, but you know, he was in there. He was in there and he competed. You know very well and um you know it was a, a 4-4 match with devoy you know about a minute left and it was a scramble situation and you go back and you watch a video it's one of those deals where he, he zigged instead a zag and you know if he if he turns left in that scramble situation you know we probably win the scramble and you know probably win the match and he you know he turned right and you know it's just one of those things that it, it, it kind of stinks because he wrestled well and, you know, got offense off and scored points and, you know, got off the bottom and all the things that, that we, uh you know, we've been working on throughout the, throughout the year. So I mean, same thing with, with Lou, <clears throat> you know, he goes out there and he, he beats the guy that he lost to early in the season. You know, Then I mean, he comes back and beats the number five seed, the guy that was second at Midlands and, you know, Lou was, was sixth at Midlands in the same weight class. So, you know, goes out there and, and has a tough match and he loses to the kid from Lehigh, who wrestled in the season and you know, during the season it was a, uh, it was a bigger gap. So we closed the gap on a kid who was a returning all American that ended up becoming an all American again. And then we lost to a kid from Oregon State that lost in around the 12th, you know? So one of those things where he wrestled well, but you know, like I said, our guys wrestled well, but the level of competition was a little bit, you know, the guys wrestled a little bit better than us at that time. So, you know, and then you look at Spencer, he goes out there first round, knocks off the number three seed, you know, a guy that's beaten him twice before. And, um, you know, that's a huge it's a huge accomplishment, you know. And um, I know a lot of the fans were excited, especially the Ohio State fans. And, and that was a big win. They he comes back the next round and knocks off a 14 seed, the guy that's leading the country in pins, you know. And uh, we had a match with him, kind of one of, I think it was Spencer's freshman year or sophomore year. You know, and it was another really close match that you know kind of went to overtime. So, you know, there was some nerves and emotions, but he got he got the win. And then we lost two to one to the kid from Michigan, who took second in the country. And then we lost in an All American round um, to a guy that we beat early in the season. And you know, it was one of those deals where you know came down to overtime. And we were in a position, got close to a take and just kind of ran out of time. So, with all that being said, I mean, I I, I honestly believe that our guys wrestled their best at the
0: tournament. They just were, you know, a little bit outmatched in some matches, and, you know, just that's kind of the way it goes sometimes. Well, you got Alexander Mascola back next year. You got uh, a couple guys coming off a red shirt. Uh, you know, Spencer's career is now done. We talked to him on a previous episode where, you know, he's probably going to look to maybe try the football route, maybe even professional wrestling. And when, when you look at Spencer, you know, I was actually kind of joking because uh, I was, t- you know, I was talking with some, some friends of the program, and we talked about, you know, here and there, where, where Spencer will pick his opportunities to shoot and score, and I, I think I joked. I said, "Yeah, I think Spencer shot three times all year. Twice were in that match with Telford. Maybe not a hundred percent accurate, but he did take high percentage shots in that match. Obviously, he got up, uh, you know, bundled and got that that four point lead, and that really kind of that was the the biggest seed to lose in the first round at heavyweight. Uh, obviously, the 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 fall over Joe Stolfi of Bucknell." Uh, you know, it was in the tiebreakers and I guess Stolfi uh I don't know. Did you see what exactly happened there? It looked like he might have fractured his his wrist or something, but uh that, that was kind of a freak way to end the season, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, you know, and I didn't see it during the match. You know, it was actually after he uh he got reversed and then he turned around and reversed and, and I looked at you know, I looked at the table just to make sure that you know, there wasn't anything going on funky at the table and then I looked back and he was on his back and so I, I ended up going back later and watched the video and in the transition, it seemed like the guy rolled over his wrist and, um, you know, and he just, I mean, he was in a good amount of pain so he just kind of rolled over at that point and, you know, we got the fall which, it was kind of a funky deal and like I said, it's a tough way to, to end the season but, you know, it was one of those things where I felt like we were rolling and it was a, it was a good momentum for us and, I, you know, not wrestling with, uh, you know, reckless abandon, you know, being more conservative, I guess, um, you know, I think if we would have wrestled the quarterfinals that night instead of the next morning, you know, we might've been able to capitalize on that momentum a little bit. So, but it, you know, again, the, the other thing too, with Spencer, especially, you know, and we all know he is capable and, and what his potential was, but we got to keep mind him. He only been roughly two and a half months. You know, he started football <clears throat> workouts in early June last year. So from June until January, he was football. Now he came to practice a couple of days and he worked on a couple of things, but, you know, it, it, it was, he was in a football mindset. So you know, he wasn't completely wrestling every day until, you know, January 3rd or 4th, you know, we opened up the, his first match was against a nationally ranked guy, uh, David Eng from Harvard. And then the next weekend he's wrestling Billy Smith from Rutgers. And then, you know, next weekend it was supposed to be, um, you know, the Ohio state kid that beat him last year at the nationals, Cavanello, but he was injured. So we ended up wrestling a, from back up in Ohio State, and then the next weekend it's Telford, and the next weekend it's, it was Krolls, and then the next weekend it was McMullen, you know. So he got back from football, and it was really no easing into it, and then, you know, two weeks later we got the Big Ten tournament, he's got all those guys, and then, you know, two weeks later it's the national tournament. So, you know, for two and a half months of wrestling, you know, even though with the potential he had, it's still pretty impressive that he made it all at the All-American Round and knocked off two series guys on his way.
0: Now, as we look at the, the way the season's going to work out, uh, the offseason rather, uh, you know, you've been down at Virginia Beach looking at some recruits with the NHSCA Nationals, and obviously you've got uh, Alfred Bannister sitting there red-shirting. Dawson Peck will be in the lineup at heavyweight next year. Shaheem Brown, who qualified last year in the lineup. So, And, and of course, Mascola and Alexander coming back. And, you know, looking at Mascola, you talked about it in, in the pre-show or our show in St. Louis about, you know, having a chance to wrestle – Manuel Kerr Brown, you know, wrestling with the grapple of the garden. That was an exciting match. And then, you know, the, the Cody Pack win was like it was like, holy crap, Mascola came ready to wrestle. You know, it was yeah. both were tight and you know, obviously there's there's momentum building. You know, you've got him back for another year and you know, how much do you think Lou's gonna be able to build off of not just je- you know, he had the good run at the Midlands and then had the had a pretty solid tournament. I mean, eighteen and sixteen finishing the season, but you know, you're knocking off seated wrestlers, and you're you're beating guys throughout the year that you know had previously beaten you. Where do you think this sets Lou up for next year?
1: It puts him in a great position. You know, Lou, Lou as as many wrestlers and athletes, you know, the mental the mental aspect is so important. And if, if Lou has confidence in himself and, and is able to to continue that that string of of confidence, then you know he's unstoppable. And and that's what the big thing now is he, he knows that he can you know, he can compete with the best guys, he can perform on the biggest stage and, and he just has to to close it out. You know, it's his last year, senior year and you know, opportunity for him. So every day he's gotta get get in there and, and maximize each day. And uh, you know, we'll we'll spend a lot of time with him just managing the expectations that he has and, and monitoring and, you know, continue to continue to get him thinking the right things all the time because you know if if he if he's on and he goes out there and he, and he believes in himself great things can happen you know, and his talent level and his skill level show that sometimes when he doesn't believe in himself, good things still happen because he's able to make up for for you know if if that little lack of lack of belief a little doubt creeps in if he's able to just go out and wrestle on cruise control, good things start to happen and so we we just have to focus on him with controlling his emotions and and keeping it his, his right perspective but yeah, I mean I think this year was huge for him, but as we all know you know, this year's over and now we gotta focus on, on getting better and, and improving for, for the future and you know, he's he's definitely embraced that and looking forward to the opportunity to get back there and make some noise in this spring and this summer and then we'll come back next year and finish his career on a high note.
0: Yeah, At this point in the season, you're going to shift gears, probably focus more on, uh, you know, obviously the freestyle, there's the Terrapin Wrestling Club there, but uh, with the senior level athletes and of course the guys that are, are working freestyle, what's the freestyle circuit going to look like or even even Greco for some of these guys is, you know, as our season's done, the semesters are going to going to start coming to a head here shortly. So, you know, you've got the university trials, you've got uh, events like that, some guys even still old enough for the field of juniors. What's the, the freestyle and Greco plan for this offseason?
1: So we're, you know, um, we've got a couple of days left in our, in our practice schedule. So, you know, we'll have a, a few more days of structured workouts and then we get into our, you know, voluntary workouts and regional training center workouts. So, um, the plan is, you know, we, we got together as a staff, we spent a couple of hours to just really iron out what our goals are, what our expectations, where we're, we're going <laughs> to be focused on. And then we got together as a team right after and share with that and get those guys to, to write down their goals for next year and, and um, you know we're, we're going to pick some some leaders for the spring and summer. We typically vote for captains in the fall, but we want to have some spring and summer leaders. They're going to help guide the program. And we're working out. You know, similar similar schedule. The intensity level may go down a little bit, but you know our guys are are in the mats rolling around. They're lifting. They're running. Doing all the things. And you know we'll get through the middle of of uh, of, Jan- of June. Take a little break, and then we'll come back do another cycle. Take a little break. You know we'll train camps and stuff, and then um, take a little break, and then get another cycle right before school starts. Give them a little break, and then we'll right back at it. You know, we expect to have our guys competing in the Northeast Regional. We expect the guys to compete at the uh, at the U.S. Open, some guys at the UWW Junior, at the Senior level, and then um, you know University Nationals. Now, obviously, guys that perform at the at the nationals, at the regionals, at the universities will have an opportunity to compete in. Uh, World, you know, world team trials. So, you know, that's our hope to get these guys competing in you know, 15, 20 matches this summer. But really, just just getting back to the core of, of good, hard training of picking an area, working on it, learning it, tightening it up, and then just you know, being around and supporting each other, holding each other accountable, and you know, making sure that next year is is, uh, is a great year.
0: Now, how has the landscape with freestyle and, and regional training centers and things like that changed on changed how the the college coaching World is obviously it's been around for five six years really heavily, but uh, wasn't really a factor when you were at Stanford. You know, Lehigh's always had the club when you were there, but you know the dynamic of the regional training center and and having the ability for these guys to train freestyle and Greco after the regular season is over. You know, how's that affected your training plans? And and what would you think if if that would have been an example or a situation when you were an athlete at Penn State? You know, where do you think the world of wrestling would have gone from there? Well, it, it, you know, it was in a, in a less structured, um, position.
1: And I was very fortunate. I had some great workout partners in the room. You know, my freshman year, I had Troy Sunderland, Dave Hart, Matt White, were the seniors and the captains, but then just all the guys top to bottom, John and Russ Hughes, Terry Colac, Ben sure Abe, my roommates, Frank Marici, Matt Hardy. I mean, this, we just had a high level of excellence. So Coach Oishi, who was, uh, you know, an assistant coach, long-time assistant coach in the program, he had the structure set up for us to train, and and, and we, you know, we trained year-round, and then, you know, I had guys like Greg Holiday, was a national runner-up, they were coming and train with me, you know, through the, through the season, after the season, I was able to, you know, make a couple of of international teams when I was a freshman, so I got out to Colorado Springs, got to train, and had guys like Dominic Black and Joel Sherritt. those guys would come and train with me, and then, you know, I would go train with Bruce Baumgartner and, and and Kurt Angle and all those guys. So I I had that kind of structure that was built in because of the structure we had at school and then the people and then the success that I was able to have throughout my career. So like I said, it wasn't as structured or organized as far as you know having ten guys right in in state college with me to train, but I had resources to be able to go and go to see those guys and those guys coming in. So you know it was pretty good. Now that the benefit of now is like I said, you'll have six guys in the room on a regular basis in town on a regular basis. So you don't necessarily have to travel as much, but I think that really helped me because the idea of being able to sacrifice or having to sacrifice, you know, in drive, two hours here, or there sleep on people's couches and doing that stuff really helped me appreciate what I was doing and really, you know, wanted more. I mean, I was out of my comfort zone a lot more. So I think that that opportunity now with some of the regional training centers, they have such a great deal, but also those guys, are still going out to Colorado Springs. They're still going out to different places to train. And it's the best, the best opportunity is to have a good solid home base, but still always going out to, uh, to get around different people, get around different fields. So, so I think, you know, the hybrid system of being in one place and calling home, but going to explore in other places is really what, what makes uh, a lot of successful wrestlers really thrive. And, and so I think that's what we try to employ with our guys is you know, the exposure where, We'll have different guys that come in through Reason training center and work out, but our guys are going to get out, you know, go to the Olympic Training Center any any opportunity they get during the year, and and you know have elite level guys come in and train, whether they want to work with me or Rob Eiter or, you know, as far as coaches wise or wrestle with our guys. So we've got a lot of different options that really um, really make it a cool place to be.
0: Now with Sherrod right down the road at Navy, have you uh, you talked to, talk to him at all about mixing up and getting some workouts in? <laughs> Or are those yeah, or are those days know, behind you?
1: <laughs> those days are way behind me. I'm still trying to keep Christian Bowler off my back. He wants to wrestle with me every day, try to get me back for when he was uh, 197 pounds, and I said, "Nope, you're too big for me now." So I'm gonna I'm gonna get those those matches and keep them in the safe. You don't you don't get a shot at me anymore. But no, it's it's fun. I still wrestle with the guys, and you know it's it's always good to uh, to remember the glory days. Which you know, when it comes to Sharer, there weren't too many glory days. He, he kicked my butt pretty good when I was an athlete, so you know I could. I could say now that I was a little bit bigger than him, maybe it would go different, but you know I don't want to test those waters.
0: I actually gave uh Bowley a little heart palpitations of walking down through the tunnel at uh, the n c a s and I went roly pull and he just he froze. he didn't know what uh, he's like, oh no, oh, then he realized yeah, it was he, just me, so
1: yeah, yeah he's uh yeah those, those were some good times, and he I'm sure he appreciated that. <laughs>
0: Now, as, as we look forward to, to again, the off-season, there's, there's events coming up, obviously, each year. There's the golf tournament. What are some some off-season uh, alumni events and in, in socials that uh, we're looking at from the Terrapin side of the wrestling world?
1: Well, we have a golf outing. Um, Coach Couture is working on the save the date for that. We have our spring awards banquet coming up in two weeks, uh, April, April 19th, uh, just to you know, finish off the season, give our awards and all those things. Um, there will be a couple of different things through the department. Um, you know, socially, we're, we're going to really make a, uh, uh, continue our push, but really make a, a, a big push with, uh, connecting with our alums. And, you know, there were a lot of a uh, high turnout with our alums getting connected to the program. And, you know, we want to make sure we continue to do that and, and our supporters. We've got some, some goals, you know, that we want to do to make improvements to our program and build our regional training center and, and improve our facilities and, you know, keep our alums tied to the program and, and bring them back. So we want to put a lot of energy into that in the spring and summer make sure that that happens. You know, another big thing is we've got to make sure our parents you know, are still making sure that they're able to stay active. The last few years, we had a very good parents group and they were able to, you know, support the kids and, you know, do socials after match and at open terms and, and things like that. So we want to make sure we have a good plan for you know that to continue and keep them connected as well. So it, it's really a big comprehensive program to, uh, a comprehensive plan to keep our program moving in the right direction and making sure that you know we uh, we take advantage of the opportunities that we have.
0: Still a long ways away from next year's home schedule, but obviously the Big Ten sets the schedule the way it will be. Uh, any any non conference duels that you guys are looking to line up and bring into College Park? Obviously, there's some regional rivalries and things like that. But anything that you know for sure that a team that's uh, that's going to be on the schedule that hasn't been on the schedule in a while?
1: Um, no. You know, again, we're we're we really can't make anything concrete until we get the big 10 schedule just because we are fortunate that we have two facilities, but you know some of the other schools may not. So if we're going there, if they're coming here, we got to know for sure what the date is. And, you know, if they lock a date in for us and then we have to change it, you know, it may have ripple effects too. So our focus, you know, Navy is a big match for us and you know, we're going to always try and keep them on our schedule. George Mason's a local rivalry. American, we end up, this is the first time we haven't wrestled American in a long time. So hopefully we might be able to get them back on the schedule um, Pittsburgh, we've had a, 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 good, good series then for the last couple of years. West Virginia, you know, we haven't wrestled them in two or three years. It'd be nice to get them back on looking at the ACC schools, Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, North Carolina State. I mean, those are the programs that, you know, it was always fun to compete with them. So trying to look at that. So we haven't set for, for, for sure. Okay. We want to wrestle these teams, but as those come in, you know, we've, we've got some, uh, I got a, a date penciled in with Drexel. You know, Jimmy Sheptock's helping out coach up there. So we were supposed to wrestle them at the, uh, at the Grappler's Garden this year and it didn't work out. So that might be one that we can, uh, can iron out. Coach Ayers up at Princeton's talked about wrestling. So, you know, we try to mix a good variety with the Big Ten schedule and, um, you know, with, you know, we know we got those nine, nine dual sets. So we wanted to make sure we get some different teams and different looks in some place that we may not be able to see. And so we'll we'll work in progress. The next two or three weeks, I think we'll have a little more. A little more, well, we definitely have a little more clarity on on what our schedule is going to look like.
0: Yeah, certainly had a pretty good home schedule this year with the certain teams, but uh, if you look at the way that's going to work, if it's a complete mirror of what it was, uh, you, you guys could be in for a pretty challenging road schedule next year as well.
1: Well, the way the rotation works right now in the Big Ten, it's home away off, or home off away. So next year, the, the we wouldn't we wouldn't wrestle Penn State, or Iowa, Ohio State, or, or Minnesota next year. Um, we'll go to Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, Purdue, and Wisconsin, Northwestern, Illinois, and and uh, Nebraska will come to us, and then we'll go to Rutgers. So that's what the rotation was set up. Um, you know, we'll have our meeting to see if anything's going to change for that. But you know, still the opportunity to have Northwestern coming in. There's they've got a lot of kids coming off a of shirt, and. You know, they've got some nationally ranked guys and, um, you know, Isaiah Martinez in Illinois. So they're coming in, you know, undefeated freshman national champion and a bunch of all-Americans returning with Illinois and Nebraska. You know, they, they've always had a, a quality program to be in that end. And, you know, I think it'll be as much as their team coming in, you know, Jordan Burrow is an assistant coach. So you can build a lot of buzz for him coming in and being in town. So, so I think that those are going to be some, some pretty cool things that we're going to be able to work on and promote.
0: Well, so much for my line of questioning there. You just blew it all or whatever. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this is why I asked the softball, and it may not have been a softball, but it turned into one. And uh, so with that... Uh, again, keep an eye on MarylandMatchat.com. dot com. We'll be able to post some information from Coach McCoy about those things about the golf tournament to save the dates. I know I've been getting the letters for years, so uh, you know one of these days when I'm back out east, I'll I'll have to show up and and just put a whole lot of ball marks into those. It's not going to be the greens; it's going to be reminiscent <laughs> of, of Spalding from Caddyshack, just hacking everything. So uh, yeah, 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 we'll, I'm, well I'm control
1: will so make sure you uh you get you get what you need out of that,
0: yeah,' because he's a terrible golfer, he's bad <laughs> you know i'm I'm just assuming uh, I've never actually seen him golf, but I know uh his mustache that he shaved off at nationals gave me an indication that he's a pretty pretty bad golfer, and that's a reach. <laughs> I just wanted to get his mustache into this discussion as we close well, of course you
1: got to have that mustache either the mustache and the red pants those are the most talked about things in the national tournament for Mike petula.
0: Yeah, I've got nothing else to add for that, Carrie. I got I got nothing. (laughs) There you go. So uh, as, as we wrap up here, this is the last episode of the, of the regular season. We're going to move forward, so folks out there listening will be giving updates with alumni, with members of the administration, the wrestling club, basically giving you all angles of Terrapin wrestling here in the offseason. But uh, carrying the time we got left, just uh, you know, I guess a final shout-out to those listening throughout the, the course of this first season of the Maryland Match Chat and uh, what we're looking forward to doing here in the offseason and moving forward. Yeah, I
1: think it's been awesome. You know, I've heard a lot of, a lot of positive feedback. Hopefully the the people and the fans have liked getting this different perspective on the way things going. Um, You know, we really try to connect with our, with our supporters and our fans in a lot of different ways and emails and letters and and social media. And this is just another thing. So I'm really fired up. We were able to do it and look forward to some great coverage over the summer and, and getting back at it next season.
0: Show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are
1: gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.